Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Reeducated, a podcast where we rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics relating to our Black community here in the state of New Mexico. Want to give a big thank you to the State Office of African American Affairs for making this platform possible. And thank you all so much for supporting, listening, um, tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, all that. <laughs> I'm your host, Danny Golden, and I'm joined by my co host, Devin Williams. What's up, Dev? What's good? How you doing? I'm doing great. We've made it to episode eight. I didn't mean to rhyme. It just kind of happened. Hey, I mean, when you got bars, you got bars. <laughs> you know, you just gotta put respect on the name. Yeah, they just come, come flowing out. You know, mm. I didn't have anything to rhyme with name at the uh, moment, so <laughs> nothing was the same. Here, nothing, nothing was the same. <laughs> mm. See, I, I'm telling you, That's man. I need to stop. I need to stop playing, man. I'm about to come out with my album. You know, I was giving you out. snaps. I thought we were starting some, you know, some spoken word. Oh, or... no. We, shoot, I'm a rapper. You feel <laughs> me? A ra- rappers can be poets, you know, and if you slick like true. that. Yeah. Oh, no. Nah, you... oh, okay. I'm, I'm more so a rap baller than a rapper. Yeah. Which is basically like a an extreme poet. An extreme so, poet. Okay. You I got me? you. Yeah. You feel it we're or less not? Than... <laughs> You know, yeah, I don't, you know, I didn't did, get did those. Did I look like I was leaning towards the nah or what? Nah, yeah, more towards the nah. I didn't, I didn't hear those words of affirmation. Oh, you can be whatever you want to be, Devin. See, I don't this like that response. This whole world is yours. That's, you got this. That's a, so if you don't understand black culture, let me give you a, let me give you a little insider. If somebody, if you say something and somebody says, you like it, I love it. <laughs> Just, that just, shade, huh? just connect the dots. And that was a you like it, I love you the like response it. that I got. So, you know, oh, man. You know, it's cool. It's cool. I see how it is, you know. You have a very powerful and eloquent voice and a very uh, wonderful mind, Devin. But that, that has nothing to do with poetry. <laughs> what? Like you, you, yeah, like yeah, I can have one of each, but I can't put it together. That's basically what you. <laughs> nah, you know, hey, look. No, nah, let's, let's this move man's on. Man. Words in you my know, mouth. It's, okay. it's all good. I tried to give you compliments. They weren't specific enough. Nah, they weren't. <laughs> Your raps are. <laughs> <laughs> See now. <laughs> is it too far gone? Yeah, if it is, let me know. Yeah, it's too far all gone. Right, man, well, you know, we'll, we'll circle back around to that at the end. How about right. that? <laughs> Once again, thank y'all so much for hanging out with us here on Reeducated. We are in season two. This is episode eight of Reeducated, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about dun, 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 dun. black education. Yes, in the state of New Mexico, of course. Whenever we tackle subjects, we tend to zoom out and look at kind of like the macro scope of things, mm-hmm. and then zoom into the landscape um, all around us here in the state of New Mexico. It does look a little bit different for us uh, here because our population is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not insignificant. Exactly. We are great contributors to this society, to mm-hmm. culture, uh, to many things here in the state of New Mexico. It isn't just a tricultural state. There are way more than three cultures here. (laughs) Exactly. So let's dead that myth right here, right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think just to add on to that, uh, not only us being multicultural, but also in the terms of the insignificance that people have against us, 
if you dive deep into the history of a lot of things that has gone on in this nation, black people have invented, created, and are the pioneers, trailblazers, and the um, innovators. Innovators. Can I throw that in there? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we are essentially America and American culture, and there's yeah. so much black influence on everything that a lot of cultures have utilize, experience, mm-hmm. you know, appropriate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so just to say we're insignificant being in New Mexico, like we're the reason that your little kid is listening to rap music, you know, yeah. or is listening to R and B, trying to do Wearing all these the clothes that they wear. Yeah. Doing the hairstyles. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, not insignificant in that sense. Um, you can't really, um, you know, we we don't have a number to like quantify like mm-hmm. just how much like we've contributed, but it's definitely safe to say that a majority of like popular culture and, um, you know, uh, just popular things in society come mm-hmm. come from us. I exactly. Don't think that anyone could like factually disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things kind of shifting the conversation that we need to change in the US is just the black education. And I say black education in the sense of not only understanding the history, the culture and you know the accomplishments the all the things that have to do with blackness not mm-hmm. only in this country but yeah. you know when it comes to the motherland when it comes to other areas of the world mm-hmm. but I also mean in terms of the way that we teach the way that we interact with the way that we help and support the way that we mobilize the way that we shift the language that we use to help empower black students mm-hmm. that are coming up in this educational system. 100%. It's not literally just about like um the curriculum. The curriculum mm-hmm. itself. I mean, that's super important. Like what is, what is the content, you know, but it's the way in which the curriculum's delivered. Mm-hmm. Um and the inclusivity of the way that it's delivered. Exactly. Um, and really the truthfulness of what's delivered, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the true and um, accurate representation mm-hmm. um, of the topics that we're educating our students on. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, again, one of the things, and I have mixed emotions, we won't get into it about just Juneteenth being a federal holiday, especially, again, highlighting that there are several states where you can legally refrain from teaching Juneteenth and Black education in those states in the educational system. So I say that to say, again, it's more than just the curriculum, but like you're saying, just the intent, just the representation, just being able to have the ability to do those things. And so um, New Mexico has been doing a a good job of starting that inclusivity and really combating the marginalization. And one of the reasons 
or one of the ways in which they're doing that in terms of education is passing Black Education Act. Yeah. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the episode, but just kind of dialing back, um, when it comes to New Mexico, just from my experiences in college and everything, it was it was weird navigating certain spaces and just the language that was used in classes yeah. and, you know what I mean, just the lack of representation and seeing Black teachers and Black students in the classes that I was in. Yeah. Uh, and it's also interesting how, I mean, we take it back years, you know, to when we were, like, in school, mm-hmm. maybe not college, but, like, let's just, like, go back to high school. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, the type of education we're getting, the content of education we're getting, and looking at, like, how society was at that point, it really does, you know, make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, We learn, I think, more about some things that we maybe never heard about when we were in school. We see the students learning more and and delving into um, deeper deeper topics as Mm -hmm. it pertains to... um, you know, the black experience in, in this country. Um, but yeah, there there was a lot of like sus language mm-hmm. and um we on the last episode we talked about um <laughs> inclusive language. Um and I really think that um accurate language and mm-hmm. and compassionate language is important. Yeah. And I think a lot of times um, the educational setting lacks a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think acts like the Black Education Act of, you know, New Mexico um, are trying to shift that. So in a way. Yeah, I definitely agree. And to add on to that, um, the lack of resources when it comes to students in class, like, mm-hmm. I don't know um, if you can just kind of give your experience coming up in like the K through 12 education system in terms of resources that were provided for you as a black as a black student honestly there were i think with my experience and i have to i have to make the disclaimer i'm a light-skinned black woman Mm -hmm. so uh like i have to acknowledge my um standpoint of like privilege in a lot of ways but nevertheless um recognizably black Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh I think that in the state of New Mexico, it never even was like it just wasn't acknowledged that other resources should be available to me in that regard. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It was kind of like it was just very like glazed over kind of if you take that, you know, that, um, you know, overarching view of like the tricultural state like that was really I feel like when we were in K through 12 like that was a really strong thing it was just like focused on those cultures and those people and Mm -hmm. um it wasn't until like high school to where like I came together with a couple of other and I was in a charter school mind you so it was a smaller environment Mm -hmm. but came together with some other black students to um you know to put together more like 
um, activities that showcased our culture mm-hmm. to make sure that we were talking about like Black History Month. Not that yeah. that's the only month that we should be talking about and yeah. learning about us, but at the very least, mm-hmm. you know, like we should definitely be putting something out there that it's Black History Month. Sometimes I never heard about it. Yeah. I heard things, you know, and celebrations and, you know, um, uh, revving up of learning about, you know, um, Hispanic culture and native culture and all of those, which are wonderful. I mm-hmm. love it 100%. But there, I, I would be remiss um, not to point out that there was sort of an erasure of like us and mm-hmm. our experiences in my K through 12 education here yeah. in, in New Mexico. Not definitely. And, you know, that's just a testament to we all have different expense, uh, experiences kind of going back yeah. to last episode again, like, know we all are different in the way that we experience things the way we approach things and you know the opportunities that we have and so yeah no I definitely understand and you know it's still really cool to just kind of hear your experiences on that and again just how again there's appreciation for the other cultures that are a little bit more dominant in terms of population size Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's not to say you should still exclude a very prominent population in New Mexico. Yeah, 100%. And so, and, you know, just kind of speaking to my college experiences, again, I had certain privileges being an athlete and certain resources that other students had, didn't have. But I think one of the things that was hard about being a student athlete is just a lack of opportunities to being submerged and being able to collaborate with my community on campus. Mm -hmm. Because again, we talked about how there's just this segregation of student athletes versus students, black students on campus Mm -hmm. and not really a push towards, you know, being able to meet other students that, are black and that are doing different things outside of athletics. Yeah, 100%. So when we talk about black education Mm -hmm. in New Mexico, uh, you brought up an act Mm -hmm. that's been passed. Um, I feel like we should go on and take a break. We've kind of done the overview of our topic, but we do want to delve in a little more specifically to the landscape of black education here in the state of New Mexico. So we'll do that right after this break. Stick around. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Reeducated, a podcast where we rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics relating to our Black community here in the state of New Mexico. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by the New Mexico State Office of African American Affairs. You can go and peep their website at o-triple-a.state.nm.us. I like that. That's it. <laughs> I like that. You catching on. I'm catching on. I mm-hmm. think I got this two seasons in, huh? 
<laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, just want to point out over that break, you heard some music by the one and only M. Scott Loves Life. Make sure you go and follow him on all the socials. Check out his music on all of the major platforms. Back to it, episode eight, we're talking about black education in the state of New Mexico. And before the break, we were just talking about the importance and the role that um, education plays in um, creating equity for our community. Mm -hmm. And it plays an important role. We already got that. We know this. Um, But more specifically, what is happening in our state in order to, um, in order to propel that forward. Yeah. So with the black education act, um, essentially what's going to happen is there's going to be a shift in several things. One of the things is going to be curriculum. And so making sure that there's more inclusivity in the content in which the curriculum, uh, teachers have, and so making sure there's more curriculum on um, history of black people and blackness mm-hmm. um, as it pertains to New Mexico and outside of. Yeah. Also looking at, you know, different techniques and being uh, more diverse in the way that you approach your teachings and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you're understanding and culturally competent with dealing with black students and, you know, uh, black faculty, black staff, other black mm-hmm. teachers and all those things. But also that there's going to be uh, several different positions to make sure that there are multiple resources and multiple um, pieces of accountability that are put in place to make sure that the public education system in New Mexico is servicing these students, black students in a proper way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think at, you know, at a, at a even more basic level, kids spend so much more time. I think it, the time they end up spending in school outweighs the time that they spend with their families. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's imperative that when our students are in these spaces that they're being fed, you know, they're being grown, they're being you know, shown that, um, you know, if, if you work hard, like this is the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, develop a love for, for lifelong learning and things like that, that's what's supposed to be happening. And, um, you know, perpetuated in these settings, not, you know, uh, discrimination, not, um, instances that damage the, um, the self worth, mm-hmm. you know, and the self confidence of our black students. Yeah, uh, it's just it's such a formative like setting. Mm-hmm. We learn so much of uh, the skills that we're going to take into our adult lives in those educational settings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're learning to socialize. We're learning how to uh, utilize resources. We're learning how to, um, we're learning ourselves, you know, we're Mm -hmm. learning ourselves and our place in society and in the world. And I just think it's so important that the message that black students get in this formative setting is that, you know, the sky's not even the limit, you know, we shouldn't be placing those like limitations and, 
um, the trauma <laughs> on mm. these students in in these settings before they even get a chance to like go out into the world and and show the world what they're what they're made of, you know. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people might say like, oh, well, like it's just school. It's just twelve years. Like they're gonna go on. They're gonna like live their lives. Like yeah, one hundred percent they are. But where did it start? Like what kind of foundation did we give them? Mm-hmm. You know, in in terms of their education, um, is that educational system fair? Is it equitable? Is it nurturing? You know, is it compassionate? Is it well-rounded? Those are all the questions, you know, that we ask ourselves when we want to um, put a structure of education in place, like, for our children. And I think that it's, yeah, it's just, like, it's astonishing to me sometimes, you know, when, like, the those settings don't, like, live up to what we want mm-hmm. for our children. Um, like... Me, for instance, like as a parent, like I I have a, a kid and like, why are we still celebrating like Columbus in school? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we still like not learning the full picture about yeah. like who this person was in history and the atrocities that they committed against indigenous folks and, and everybody else who wasn't, <laughs> who wasn't them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so important. It really is so important. So I'm glad that. Um, you know, legislation is being passed to shine a light on those aspects of education for black students. Again, I think it was amazing, all the wonderful things that you said. But just to add on to that, I think one of the huge things that this act brings to our black children that are in these school systems is protection. Mm-hmm. And not completely protection, you know, complete mm-hmm. protection, but an extra layer of added protection for our children and a tool of accountability that we can use as parents, as mm-hmm. guardians, as brothers and sisters and siblings, as people in the community to hold this government accountable for mm-hmm. the way that they're treating our kids and the way that our kids have to navigate and approach uh, um, school systems and the different things that are placed within these school systems. Yeah, 100%. We we talked last episode about the component of, like, safety, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling safe and feeling protected. I mean, what else do you want for, you know, your kids? That's, like, one of the very first things that you think of you want them to be safe and protected and you know not in in a space that's abusive or um oppressive and so i th- i think that's amazing that that is an element of this um black education act here in new mexico and i think that you know that coupled with other legislation being passed like the crown act it's a good sign mm-hmm. you know it's it's a good sign that we're moving in the right direction that, you know, our voices are being heard and that other people outside of our community see the value that we bring to the table when when our voices are heard and when we are protected and when mm-hmm. we are seen and we are um, recognized for the wealth of talent and knowledge and culture that mm-hmm. we contribute and that we, we bring to society. That's 
that's really positive and it's uplifting to see like it's a little it's not a lot of progress but mm-hmm. it's it's progress yeah. you know nevertheless and it's in the right direction and i so i think that that's um something definitely to be optimistic about no i definitely agree and you know uh that progression it, it equates to growth and you know that growth it equates to maturity and mm-hmm. not only maturity when it comes to our children but maturity in the sense of making sure that again like these um oppressive systems and these people who are privileged are mature enough to put their differences aside and to help support mobilize and protect our black youth and our black children and so you know I just think there's a lot of working parts and a lot of working layers to it yeah definitely a lot of of layers one of the only things that we can control that's like actually within our control I tell my little one this all the time we can only control ourselves we can contribute we can express we can influence we can impact we can empower all of that is external right but what we can control is ourselves how we treat people how we show up the things that we put our time and our energy and our effort towards um that that currency like counts for something mm-hmm. you know in this society and and we can control that part we can control um, you know, using our voice. We can't control if people listen mm-hmm. always, you know, but we can make it really, really hard for people not to listen to us if we unify and we raise our voices together and we put our energy and our power and our the resources that we do have behind pushing causes that yeah. matter to us. No, I know? definitely agree. And with that, I'd like to say... It's, you know, it's time to wrap up the season. This is the last episode of season two of Reeducated. The last episode. Okay. Well, it's been an amazing two episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've gotten the opportunity to speak to some amazing, talented, gifted, intellectually uh, powerful beings and it's just been my absolute pleasure and, and honor to share the space with those folks and with you, Devin. I appreciate, I think that like this experience has allowed us space to, you know, as individuals and as a team to learn and to grow and to really examine some parts of society and parts of ourselves that, um, you know, in a way that's like super productive yeah. and super powerful. So I just want to thank you and thank the listeners and yeah. the supporters for sure. I definitely. And uh, ditto, I'd like to thank you for allowing the opportunity for us to share space. Uh, I appreciate Scott um, allowing us to work with the studio and work with him in order to get the podcast out the ground because without you, you know, we wouldn't even have all of this that we have. So 100%. I appreciate all the work that you've done as well as the amazing individuals that we've talked to throughout the seasons. And, you know, I just appreciate this podcast because it's helped me grow in so many different ways and so many different aspects. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of wanting to grow and loving the experiences that come with growth. And so Mm -hmm. this has been 
very therapeutic for me, even with the harder conversations and, you know, the harder topics. And so I really appreciate you. Yeah, I I appreciate y'all too. I mean, there's there's something special about, you know, coming together, uh, you know, we we have the shared melanin, mm-hmm. but like bringing all of that that power into one space, um, you know, between Better Sense, the production house, um, and the Office of African American Affairs, and all of the other organizations that we've highlighted, um, all of that counts for something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we're really pushing this movement forward. So yeah. Ah, sorry to get all mushy on y'all. I, know, I do it quite all, often, honestly. It's all good. You know, we, we all need those uh, opportunities to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know? and so It's hard in, in today's world, but I just want to send so much love and, and hugs and good vibes out to everybody <laughs> and just say, you know, keep your head up. We're still fighting. We're still pushing. Um, keep educating yourselves. If you're in a position to educate others, do it mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> 100%. And yeah, all love. All love. Hey, <laughs> don't just educate yourself, re-educate yourself. Re-educate yourself. Mm. <laughs> I know that's right. Thank you all so much for listening, supporting. Mm. Uh, be sure to go to our website for the State Office of African American Affairs, OAAA. So O-A-A-A dot state dot N-M dot U-S. Mm. Be easy, y'all. I'll be safe. Deuces. <laughs>